Do you wish you understood the book of Revelation better? For so many Christians, it's a confusing portion of Scripture, and my goal in this series is to bring clarity to God's Word. My name is Chad Roberts, and I'm so glad you're joining me on Awaken to Grace, because today we are going to deep dive the book of Revelation chapters 8 and 9. We are studying what the Bible calls the seven trumpet judgments, and my goal is very clear in this particular sermon. I want to show you how the events that we are seeing happening in the world today, the very things that are on our news feeds and in today's media. Well, my friend, God is preparing the earth for what is about to come. That's why I'm calling this series Things to Come. And friends, we are watching it unfold before our very eyes. Today, I want to talk about really hot buzzwords like wokeness. I want to talk about things like social justice. I'm going to talk about things like socialism, and I'm going to show you how the Bible shows us how these things are coming upon the earth. Friends, the Bible is more relevant than tomorrow's news headlines, and I'm going to show you why today in God's Word. I'm glad you're with me. I hope you're walking with me chapter by chapter through this special study of the book of Revelation. So let's go to God's Word now, and we're going to be in both chapters 8 and and nine as we study the seven trumpet judgments. My goal today is to show you how the earth is being prepared right now for the pages of what we're going to read today. Verse 2. Verse 2 says, Then I saw the seven angels who stood before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. Now, let's stop right here. <laughs> who are these seven angels? And let me just say, because I forgot, the Bible says there was silence in heaven for 30 minutes, for half an hour. Now, that is a stunning statement. Remember all, not just the sight passages of Revelation, but I've encouraged you to study all of the sound passages. And yet right here it says, there was silence in heaven for, third, for half an hour. Friends, as we watch from the balconies of heaven, you and I are going to be utterly stunned at the wrath of the Lamb on the earth. And as we watch these seven trumpets about to unfold, you and I will be stunned. Verse number two, there are seven angels. Now this is very interesting. You know, rather, again, rather than selling you on my views, which I say every week through this series, rather than selling you on my interpretation of the text, I like just to present the evidence and then you come to your own conclusion as you study the Bible for yourself. Now, it's interesting, and this, these are not things to split hairs over. These are not close-handed issues or non-negotiables. You know, we, we don't know. But when Scripture says the seven spirits of God in chapters 1 and 4... 
That's very interesting. And some scholars believe, as uh, I tend to believe, um, they believe that that speaks of the Holy Spirit. Because in the book of Zechariah, it speaks of the sevenfold ministry of the Holy Spirit. So what are the seven spirits of God? Because the seven means completeness or wholeness. So is that the ministry of the Holy Spirit? Or some scholars believe it's the seven angels who we're introduced to today. The, seven, the same seven angels that are going to blow the trumpet announcing judgment on the earth are the same seven angels that's going to pour out the bowls of wrath. So could it be that the seven spirits of God in chapters 1 and 4 are the same seven angels prepared for this time period? It's a high likelihood. You can draw your own conclusion. Verse 3. Verse 3 says, And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer, and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. Now, you remember when we were introduced to these golden bowls in chapter 4 and 5. Remember, Scripture says these golden bowls are the prayers of the saints. Friends, don't you ever let Satan tell you that your praying is a waste of time. God values your prayers so much that they are preserved in heaven. Amen? Amen. You can take a mother that prays her whole life for her family, for her children, and that mother may die, but let me tell you, her prayers will never die. Amen? They're forever before the throne of God. So how much more important is prayer meeting? How much more important is it that you intercede and that you develop your own prayer life? Oh, Satan would tell you, God's not listening. Satan would tell you, you've prayed about this a hundred times and nothing's changed. It's because God doesn't care and God's not interested and God's abandoned you. No, my friend, your prayers are preserved in heaven. Amen. Next. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Amen. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth. And there were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. Now the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to blow them. The first angel blew his trumpet and there followed hail and fire mixed with blood. And these were thrown upon the earth. And a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all green grass was burned up. Now, this first trumpet, first, let's answer this question. Why are, why are they trumpets? It is because they are announcing the wrath of the Lamb. That's why they're trumpets. If you're going to take notes today, this is very key for you to understand the succession of the judgments. Remember what I said a moment ago? Some people teach that these judgments happen parallel to each other. No, I don't believe that. I believe these come in rapid succession. And these trumpet judgments, if you're going to take notes, this is important for you to know. This is called the judgments of the thirds. 
We're going to see a third of the trees. We're going to see a third of ocean life. We're going to see a third of, of drinking water. We're going to see a third of the sun, a third of the moon, a third of the stars. We're going to, uh, a third of the ships are going to be destroyed. These are judgments of the thirds. And follow the rapid succession. Once the seal judgment breaks and the curtain goes down, now the curtain lifts and now we go through the trumpet judgments. If the trumpet judgments are a third, then the bowl judgments are the whole. And these angels announce the trumpet judgments in order that men may repent on the earth. But will they repent? We'll show you the answer. If the trumpet judgments are the third, then the bold judgments are the whole. And that's what Jesus meant in Matthew 24, that if the days had not been shortened, there would be no flesh to survive. That's what he means when he says that the great tribute, not the tribulation, seven years, the great tribulation, the last three and a half years, they will be so intense that Jesus said there'll never be a time in human history like it, nor there never has been, nor will there ever be. B, we're talking about the most intense time upon the earth. And let me just point this out. Are we not living in a day of extremes right now? Where did the politics of the 80s and the 90s go? We are living in such extremes. Everything is so polarized, is it not? So let's get into this first judgment. Say amen if you're with me right now. If you work for a big corporation, this is going to help you understand what's going on. I believe that this first trumpet judgment, uh, followed by the rest, and I'll show you, I believe these are judgments against what I am convinced is going to become the new religion of the world, and that is climate change. Now, do I believe in taking care of the environment? Sure. We're to be good stewards. The earth is the Lord's and all they that dwell therein. We should be good stewards of the environment. But let me tell you where the line is drawn. The line is drawn between being a good steward of the earth and of the environment and worshiping the earth in the environment. And what we are seeing play out in our media and what we are seeing play out in political decisions is a worshiping of the creation over the creator. And I am telling you on the authority of God's word, God is going to judge it. And this first trumpet judgment, I believe, has to do with climate change. He is going to burn a third of all trees. What did we say a couple of weeks ago? Look up the new bill being proposed called America the Beautiful. And it's in two stages, 2030 and 2050. And it's called America the Beautiful, 30-30, Right now, the government owns about 11% of land in the United States, 11 12%. Their goal by 2030 is to own 30% of the land. By 2050, to own 50% of the land. Don't let me forget to come back. Caleb, 
Don't let me forget to tie this together. In the end of the chapter of chapter 9, we're going to see theft. And I'm going to show you how that theft is linked to socialism. Just wait for that. There are bills being proposed. There are, there are things happening right now. Listen, if you work for a large corporation, you need to pay attention to this. There is a new standard similar to a score, to a credit score. What is a credit score to us as an average person is a new standard for corporations, and it's called ESG standard. Look that up. ESG stands for environmental, social justice, and governmental scores of a business. In other words, under those three categories, there are multitudes of metrics that's being put in place right now. So when you and I watch the news and we kind of scratch our heads and we say, what's going on with Coca-Cola? What's going on with Home Depot? What's going on with all these companies, all these corporations that now all of a sudden, what's the big buzzword in our culture right now? All of a sudden, these companies are becoming woke. Why are they becoming woke all of a sudden? Because of ESG standards. Bank of America, and they say, Chad, what's your point? I'm showing you the stage is being unbelievably set up for the last days right now. We're watching it unfold. Right now, Bank of America, within the last couple of months, Bank of America has already publicly announced that for corporations that have a low ESG score, they won't loan them money. So what's happening is the elites of the world, how many of you have heard this term? The great reset. Anybody paying attention to that? I realize some of you are going to yawn because you could care less about these things. Friends, I want to show you how accurate our word of God is right now. There is something happening within the world economics right now called the Great Reset. And you know what part of the Great, of the great Reset is? It is these, it's these heavy investors, these elitists coming together and saying, you know what, if a company is not woke to our standards, we won't loan them money. There'll be no capital. There'll be no cash flow headed to those companies. This is how we'll punish them. If they score low in environmental, in other words, if they're not green enough, they won't get financing. If they don't have diversity and equality and all of these social justice standards, if you work for a large corporation right now and they're retraining everything, why do you think they're doing that? If you're in management right now and you're going through equality training and you're going through diversity, all this stuff, why do you think your business is doing it? It's because of the ESG standard. Look it up. And do you know what is spearheading all of this conversation, every bit of it? Do you know what's behind every single inch of it? Climate change. And I am convinced this is the purpose of the seven trumpet judgments. Let's continue. Number two. The second angel blew his trumpet, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. 
A third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Can you imagine that? I did a quick search. Right now, at any given time, there are 50,000 ships on the oceans of the world right now. And if this happened right now in our day, a third of them would be destroyed. A third of sea life. Again, I'm not saying let's don't be responsible. Let's don't care for the environment. Let's don't care for the oceans of the world. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is do not worship creation. Worship the creator. Because the creator is going to judge this earth. And he's going to judge those who dwell on the earth at this time. Now, this will help you in understanding Revelation. What did I say last week? My key to interpreting Revelation is this simple philosophy. God means what he says, and God says what he means. That's a simple way to do it. However, when John does say things are like or things are as something... Many scholars believe, and I agree with this, John is seeing something that he doesn't know how to describe. He does not have the vocabulary in his day to describe what he's seeing. We're going to see that heavy in just a moment. But when John says that something is something, I take that very literal. When he says that hell mixed with fire and blood was thrown upon the earth, I don't take that to mean false doctrine or crazy politics. No, I believe it's literal. But when John does say that something is as something or like something, okay, now there's some interpretive room there. Many scholars believe that what John is seeing is a meteor and very possible. A mountain like fire fell upon the waters. Very well could be a meteor hitting the earth. Number three. The third angel blew his trumpet and a great star fell from heaven, blazing like a torch. And it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many people died from the water because it had been made bitter. Isn't that interesting? Wormwood, what is this? It does mean bitter. It's poisonous. Um, The word is actually used eight times in the Old Testament, primarily in the book of Jeremiah, especially chapter 25. The word is used a great deal. But in this case, I believe what John is saying, again, if you have my view that God is judging climate change, what are we seeing so far? A third of the trees, all green grass, a third of the ocean waters, a third of sea life, a third of ships, and now a third of fresh drinking water. Look how God is judging the earth. You'll have to fact check me on this, but it's my understanding there are approximately a hundred major rivers in the earth. I believe in America there are 30 major rivers and a third of them will be polluted. Look how much effort goes into clean drinking water right now, but this will be a judgment from God Almighty. And people will be so desperate for fresh drinking water, they'll drink the poisonous water and look how many will die from this. My, my, my. Next. The fourth angel blew his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that a third of their light might be darkened, and a third of the day might be kept from shining, 
and likewise a third of the night. Can you imagine how news anchors and scientists are going to try to explain these things? Now, remember what we said. If the trumpet judgments are a third, then the bowl judgments are the whole. What is happening? As these angels pronounce judgment, the call is very clear. Repent. Fifth judgment. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a little ahead of myself. Continue, please. Chapter 8. Then I looked and I heard an eagle crying with a loud voice as it flew directly overhead. Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth at the blasts of the other trumpets that, are, that the three angels are about to blow. Oh, do you hear the warnings? Can you imagine being on the earth during this time and reading these words for yourself and following the news and knowing what's coming ahead? Again, just interesting here, people ask me all the time, will there be animals in heaven? Absolutely. And some translations say angel here, that an angel flew over, but the actual Greek translation there is eagle. Oh, there are horses in heaven. There are lions in heaven, lambs. There are, uh, did I say horses? Horses? Uh, Eagles? Oh, yes, my friends. They're animals in heaven. How many of you are animal lovers? There are just no cats in heaven. No, I'm Yes! That would just be my preference. Although, although I just remembered, I heard, I did hear one commentator say there will be cats in heaven because where do they get the strings for the harps? Anyway, that was his words, not mine. (laughs) Next, please. This is chapter 9 now, starting in verse 1. And the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth, and he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. He opened the shaft of the bottomless pit, and from the shaft rose smoke like the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened with the smoke from the shaft. Now, I'm sorry, let's stop right there. Now we're going to get into some major interpretive challenges. First of all, before I get into those, just know what's affected by the smoke of this shaft? The quality of the air. So notice, first of all, if you're going to take notes, this star that has fallen, what is this? It's interesting, in the book of Revelation, star is interchanged with angel quite a bit, or fallen angel. So I do not believe that this is a physical, literal star that fell and hit the earth. The reason I don't believe that is because if you read it carefully, this star that falls, what does it say? He was given. Clearly, this is not just a physical star as we would know it. I personally believe, and again, I don't try to sell you on my views. I'll present the scriptures, and then you come to your own conclusion. We know that Satan was cast down from heaven, right, before uh, the Garden of Eden. That's uh, Isaiah chapter 14 and Ezekiel, I believe, chapter 21, perhaps chapter 28. One of those two. You can look it up. 
Jesus tells us Satan fell as lightning from the sky. But according to the book of Job, Satan still has access to God because he accuses the saints day and night. What I believe John is telling us, in a few weeks we're going to be in chapter 12, and in chapter 12, Satan is permanently cast out of heaven. And there's a great war with Michael and the archangels. Remember what Satan was before he got booted out of heaven? He was an archangel. I believe this is that description. I believe that what's happened, yes, Satan fell from heaven, tempted Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, deceived mankind. He now is the is the prince of the power of the air. He's the God of this world. But I believe Satan right now has access to God as he accuses the saints all the time. But, see, we always use this phrase. uh, We always use this, and then there's truth to it, but follow me on this. We always say Satan knows his time is short. Well, that's true. You You can look and see how evil's exploding on the earth, right? Post this pandemic, evil is exploding. Satan does know his time is short. But let's put it in a literal, not a figurative, let's put it in a literal sense. When Satan gets permanently booted out of heaven during the tribulation period, that's when he knows he's out of time. And that's when the rampage really begins. The star, which in my view is Satan here, Revelation 12, Because remember, there's a parenthesis between the sixth and seventh judgment. Okay? And there's going to be a long parenthesis. The seventh trumpet judgment is Revelation 11, but there is a long parenthesis, chapters uh, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. And then chapter 15 will lead us into the final seven bowls. This is when Satan will do his strongest work on the earth. So I believe. That this star is Satan permanently, once and for all eternity, being booted out of heaven. And he'll fall to the earth. And this is what scripture says. Now notice, he doesn't take a key. He is given a key. God has all supreme and sovereign power and authority. Amen? And any power that Satan has is given to him. He is given the key and he unlocks what the Bible calls a shaft. And the smoke of that shaft affects the environment. Now, here's where the interpretive challenge gets really strong. Now, read to us these locusts, Caleb. This is the fifth trumpet judgment. Then from the smoke came locusts on the earth. And they were given power like the power of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any green plant, or any tree, but only those people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were allowed to torment them for five months, but not to kill them. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings someone. And in those days, people will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. So what does that mean? That people will long for death. They'll seek death and won't find it. Does that mean that people will... During that five-month period, does that mean that people will 
attempt suicide and fail? Does that mean someone will shoot themselves and not succeed? They'll poison themselves and not succeed? They'll throw themselves off of buildings and yet it won't kill them? What an unbelievable time on the earth. And notice the length, the duration of this seal, or uh, I'm sorry, this trumpet judgment. The duration of this certain trumpet judgment is how many months? Five. Do you know how long Noah's judgment was? Noah's flood? Five months. Isn't that interesting? Now, these locusts, what, what is this? Scholars believe, and I agree with them, this is a demonic plague. It is a demonic army unleashed upon the earth. Now, here's my question. Why do we not see things like this right now in our day? Why do we not see unbelievable supernatural things like this happen right now today? Let me tell you why. Because 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 teaches that when the rapture of the church takes place, who is, rest- who is removed off the earth? It's the restrainer. And who is the restrainer? It is the Holy Spirit. And to take that even further, it's the Holy Spirit within his church. Friends, here's the point. Can you imagine if evil is what it is right now on the earth with the Holy Spirit, with the church? Can you imagine the evil that will be unleashed with no Holy Spirit? With no prayers of the saints? With no lighthouses? With no churches? Can you imagine the level of evil that is going to be unleashed on the world? And let me say this right here. Friends, what we're reading in the Bible, they are jaw-dropping things. But let me remind you, you that are not saved, you that are not clothed with Christ, you that have not repented of your sin, let me remind you this. This is the judgment of God on the earth. It's not even hell. It's not even the lake of fire. And so this demonic army is unleashed upon the earth. Now, again, John's going to help us. He's going to describe these locusts. But notice he says, they are as. They had hair as, or they had a face as, or they had tails as. Again, he is describing the best of his ability. And listen to what he says. Give us the description. In appearance, the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were what looked like crowns of gold. Their faces were like human faces, their hair like women's hair, and their teeth like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the noise of their wings was like the noise of many chariots with horses rushing into battle. They have tails and stings like scorpions, and their power to hurt people for five months is in their tails. They have as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek he is called Apollyon. Wow. Now what did we say in the beginning of our study? There are 404 verses in the book of Revelation, yet there are over 800 references back to the Old Testament. Out of 404 verses, this would be one of them. Do you know what the Bible says in Proverbs... Oh, you know, church, I'm blind as a bat. I can't, I have to remember every stitch, and sometimes I can't remember everything. It's either Proverbs 27 30, or I have it reversed, and it's Proverbs 30 27. You can look it up for yourself. 
But the Holy Spirit puts a little phrase in the Old Testament that I find really fascinating. It says that locusts have no king. I hear pages turning. Are you fact-checking me? 3027. Thank you, Daniel. 3027. Proverbs 3027. Now, why would you suppose that the Holy Spirit would insert this little phrase in Proverbs 3027, that locusts have no king? And yet, in Revelation chapter 9, it tells us the king of these locusts is Apollyon. It's because this is not natural. This is a supernatural plague upon the earth. Next. The first woe has passed. Behold, two woes are still to come. Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour, the day, the month, and the year were released to kill a third of mankind. So, my goodness. These evil spirits that's going to be released, these four, four things, these four spirits. Notice what John says. They were prepared for the hour, for the day, for the week, for the month, and for that year. You don't think God is in sovereign and supreme control of this earth? Let me tell you, my friends, Washington can do whatever they want. The governments of the world can do whatever they want. Armies and nations can do whatever they want. But God is in sovereign and supreme control. And God has everything so precision. And let me tell you, the plans of God will not be thwarted. Amen? Amen. To the point that these four spirits will be prepared for that hour. For that day, for that week, for that month, for that year. Friends, that is precision on the part of God. Amen? Amen. Now, in the seal judgments, a fourth of mankind were killed. In these judgments, a third of mankind were killed. Friends, look how many souls we have lost through COVID-19. But let me tell you, up to this point, half the global population will have died. That is unthinkable. And that's where we are right now in this part of our study. Caleb, let's continue, please. The number of mounted troops was twice 10,000 times 10,000. That means 200 million. Now, this is going to be mighty difficult to interpret. Let's go. And this is how I saw the horses in my vision and those who rode them. Okay. Let's pause right there and because it's going to make more sense. As we read. So there are two schools of thought on this. And you can come to your own conclusion. There are some as we get ready to describe this, this vast army. This vast uh, whatever this is. There are some who believe that these. Again it's a demonic invasion. It would make sense that it is a demonic invasion because of the locusts. It would make sense that it's similar. And Satan is on his Rampage. But now there are other scholars who believe, 
And I don't know if I agree with this, but I find it mighty, mighty, mighty interesting. There are some who believe that what John is describing is modern-day warfare. So as we read this, and, and this is another reason why, when John hears the number of this army, which is 200 million, in Revelation chapter 16, the Bible is going to talk about kings of the east. They are going to march across Asia. They are going to cross the great river Euphrates because it's going to be dried up. And where were these angels bound at? The great river Euphrates. Originally, what was the river Euphrates? It was the eastern border of Israel, according to Genesis. That's how small of the land Israel has. They, according to what God gave them, it should be all the way to the river Euphrates. Now, I'm getting in side notes now. But here's the point. An army out of the east, the kings of the east are going to march across Asia, crossing the great river Euphrates when it dries up. Now, this is highly interesting. Who do you think an army in the east who could mount that many troops, 200 million, who do you think could possibly do that? China. Very interesting. Now, many believe what John saw but didn't have the vocabulary to articulate what he saw. They believe what John saw was modern-day Warfare. Caleb, read it a phrase at a time for me. They wore breastplates the color of fire and of sapphire and of sulfur, and the heads of the horses were like lion's heads. They wore, they wore what? Breastplates? Breastplates. What some believe John saw were armored vehicles, tanks, things that he had no idea how to pin what this is. The, read, read this part about the mouths of the lions. And the heads of the horses were like lions' heads, and fire and smoke and sulfur came out of their mouths. Read that one more time. The, the, the lions' heads. And the heads of the horses were like lions' heads, and fire and smoke and sulfur came out of their mouths. So again, what John, what John possibly could have seen he could have seen missile, missiles being launched, rocket launchers, modern-day artillery. Would that not make sense that he would say it's like the mouth of a lion and out of it came sulfur and fire? Isn't that fascinating? Next, please. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and smoke and sulfur coming out of their mouths. Some believe that's nuclear warfare. Next. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails. For their tails are like serpents with heads, and by means of them they wound. Could that be missiles that John saw, the smoke, the trail of smoke that it leaves? Could that be fighter jets? Could that be helicopters with rotors on the back, machine guns, things like that? Who knows? But the point is, whatever view you take in interpreting it, there's going to be an enormous amount of bloodshed. And what's going to happen on the earth? Remember, what is the point of the seven trumpet judgments? What is the point? To announce coming judgment that people may repent. Caleb, continue. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues 
did not repent of the works of their hands. And remember, we said that's, a, that's literally going to be half the population dead at this point. And yet, men will not repent. And look how, look how uh, vivid John is in writing. Nor give up worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, which cannot see or hear or walk. Nor did they repent of their murders, or their sorceries, or their sexual immorality, or their thefts. Now let me close our time today explaining these last four things. And I want to just thread this all together and bring it all together for us. My main point today is to show you how, in my view, God is preparing the earth right now for these days. He mentions four things. He mentions murders. Right now, you should look up the statistics in murder post the pandemic, and it will shock you. Friends, there is a spirit of murder in the earth right now like never before. It's godless. Second, he says sorcery. Now, the Greek word here for sorcery is so interesting. Do you know what the Greek word is? Pharmakia. Hmm. Pharmakia, which is where we get our English word pharmacy. Friends, do drugs not have a grip on our culture right now? Do you know what he's predicting? An epidemic of drug use. Are we not seeing that in our world right now today? And then what does he say? Sexual immorality. Friends, have there ever been a time of more immorality than what we see right now today. This week, I listened to a podcast of a woman. She sounded to me like she was in her 30s, very young. Um, she, is a, uh, she works in a clinic for the University of Stanford. And do you know what her job is right now? And she went into great detail explaining her job. She's taking preschoolers. An eight and nine and ten year old boys and girls and walking them through transgender hormones. Eight year olds. Eight year olds. Preschoolers. Friends, we are living in a wicked, wicked, wicked generation. And how should the church respond? Do we throw stones? Do we carry signs and be hostile and be angry? Let me tell you, let me tell you my prayers, the way I pray. I cannot imagine what it feels like to, in my heart of hearts, tell the Lord, you made a mistake. I am not who I am. Friends, the hole that must be in people's hearts that feel that way. And that's why it's so important that before these trumpets of judgment ever sound, this church and all churches are blowing trumpets of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of the grace of God and the glory of God, that that is the only thing that has the power to transform a human heart and a human mind. Amen. Now, 
while we must love, we must lead with love, we also must address sin. And we have to, we have to understand. I'm wanting to do a series called The Age of Deception. And I want to cover evolution. I want to cover all the sexual immorality. Why? Because this is an age of deceit. And see, if Satan, who blinds the minds of unbelievers, if he can convince people, God's not your creator, you know what he'll convince them? God will never be your judge. That's his playbook. And these precious people, these precious souls who are in the throes of this transgender identity crisis, let me tell you, the church, we better be able to love them like no one has ever loved them before. Amen? How else will they see the love of God? And we better have answers for the hope that is tucked within us. Now lastly, and I finish with this, theft. What did now? I don't think just I don't think scripture here is saying just individual theft, although you should Google the statistics of carjackings in America right now. They'll blow your mind. We have defunded our police, we have devalued our law enforcement. Come on now. I ain't getting political, I'm just telling the truth right now. And evil is exploding in our country. But I think more is going on. God's preparing the earth. He's preparing it for what it teaches right here. Murder, sorcery, pharmakia, drug use, adultery, sexual immorality, fornication, and now lastly, theft. I don't think this is just individual theft. I think this is the worst kind of theft there is, and it's institutional theft. For you, let me say this carefully. What time is it? 1216. I'm in good shape. Oh my goodness. I'll give myself a hand. That's good time management. <laughs> Some of you are going, daggone it, we were going to get out early. Now, thanks, Caleb. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. No, for real. Let, let, give it, can, will you give me five minutes on this? God's people are getting swept away right now with this idea of socialism. I was a little boy... When my fourth grade teacher taught me what socialism is. For those of you that's never studied the roots of it, you should. And, and listen, I'm not getting on a political soapbox here. I'm showing you this is, I'm showing you out of Revelation what I believe. God is giving us a hint, I believe of what socialism is going to be in the last days. Do you know what the worst kind of theft is? It's institutional theft. And do you know what socialism is? It's theft. Oh, it's cloaked. It's cloaked in a very 
uh, well-hearted and what you know there are many people who try to argue that the Bible teaches socialism because in the early church everyone shared what they had and no one owned any and they no 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 don't distort God's word Scripture does not teach socialism it teaches the reverse of it now what is socialism it's when the state owns things not private individuals. What did we say? What's this America the Beautiful? 2030. The state owns 30% of the land. 2050, the state owns 50. It's a theft is what it is. Socialism leads to this. Now, I don't want to get political, but let me speak for just a moment to our younger students. Those who you're in a college environment or you're in a high school environment or a middle school environment where this is being thrust on you. Let me just give you a quick analogy that I want you to think about. If you think socialism is good going forward, that GPA that you earn, that GPA that you work for, that GPA that you study for, let's take your GPA and let's give a portion of it to students who don't do as well as you do. Let's give a certain number of it to people who can't keep up the way you do or they don't put the time in that you do or they don't put the effort in or they don't have the study habits that you do. Let's share your GPA and let's spread it out to other people. How would you feel then? You know what most students who favor socialism would say? That's not fair. Well, why? Because those students didn't work for it. I did. Friends, that's what socialism is. And that's what's coming swiftly to our nation. And why is it coming? See, that's the bigger question. Why is it coming? Because I believe that in the tribulation period, murder will be rampant. Drug use will be rampant. People ask me, all the time when we do ask anything, what do you think about marijuana? Shouldn't it be legalized, friends? Oh, I'm, I'm taking too much time now. Now I'm just talking. Now I'm just rambling. Do you know why I reject those things? Because you know what? One of the greatest things that God has given me, not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. And I will not do anything that jeopardizes my sound mind. Amen? Amen. Drug use will be rampant. Murder will be rampant. Sexual immorality will be rampant. And lastly, theft. And I believe the greatest theft we'll see is a socialist state. And that's the path we're on. Thank you so much for listening to our broadcast today. I did want to take just a moment and mention our store. If you go to our website, awakenedtograce.com, just navigate to the store page and you're going to find music by all of our awakened artists and plenty of books by Pastor Chad. Also, while you're on the website, you can view Pastor Chad's story about his blindness and what the Lord is doing through him through Awakened to Grace and through our church, Preaching Christ Church. Thank you so much for joining us today on Awakened to Grace.